0: This episode of The Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S Detox for $20 off any order of $50 or more with BitsBox. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad talks about life, kids, and stuff. I'm your host Joe Shaw and with me for today's episode I'm very excited to announce Miss Sahana Srinivasan the host of the awesome new Netflix original show Brainchild Sahana thank you so much for being on the show today excuse me hey.
1: Yeah thank you for having me No yeah, problem
0: sorry. Yeah so it's uh it's really cool because uh you know not only are you this like, super awesome, badass host of this really cool show, but also, like, you're the first ever woman guest for the podcast. And uh, that's not even a thing I was trying to do. It just kind of worked out that way. But I think it's super cool that we have somebody that's, like, so on brand and, and such such a cool, like, uh, I don't know if you want to say, like, brand ambassador or person or, you know, whatever, but for this really cool educational show as this uh, important person on the show. Like, I'm, uh, yeah, I was, I was a little lost for words, but I'm overall super stoked and super excited to have you on. So I got a lot of great questions, and I'm excited to start digging in.
1: Cool. Let's jump right in then. All
0: right. Uh, first of all, if you don't mind, uh, for those that may not know who you are or may not have tuned into Brainchild yet, can you tell our listeners just a bit more about yourself, your story, and your life, kind of up to this point?
1: Uh, okay. Uh, I'm Sahana. Um... I was born in Houston, Texas, but, uh, we moved to Dallas when I was really young, probably three years old. And, um, I, I come from an from a South Indian background. My family speaks Tamil and, uh, my mom speaks Tamil and Marathi, but I never learned Marathi. Um, and, I did a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, did a lot of performance art when I was younger, including dance and uh, p- playing the piano, making music. And my parents really encouraged me to take part in these local talent shows. Uh, and also, <clears throat> we would have these um, like parties celebrating some kind of holiday, like New Year's or whatever. And anytime that happened within our Indian community, um, it would almost be kind of like a like a mini local talent show Uh, people would do you know skits and songs and um i was fortunate um, to grow up in a community that really likes you know art and and performing sure uh, in general and all those talent shows that my parents encouraged me to participate in were mainly funded or created by um indian organizations in in dallas and um so i would do dancing or some kind of talent juggling whatever um yeah. i tried everything <laughs> and uh, and then i started to do more like plays and and other stuff at school um making my own stuff you know making my own films um youtube you know everything right. um and then I started taking it more seriously. I started taking film acting lessons at Catherine Sullivan's acting for film. It's a uh, studio in Louisville. And uh, from there, I gained agency representation and auditioned for projects. And eventually I landed brainchild. And right now I'm, I'm at uh, I'm going to graduate from UT, hopefully next May um, with a degree in and film. And um, I also do comedy. I do stand up and improv and sketch comedy as well.
0: Very mm-hmm. cool. Very cool. So, with uh, so Brainchild is that your first uh, first official television appearance? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So how did, I I read a little bit about that you uh, you put together an audition tape uh, in your, or an audition tape, I sound uh, very, very retro, audition video, like uh, in your dorm room, is that correct? And then submitted it that way, as opposed to like going into a physical interview or a physical audition first?
1: Yeah. So I, um, because the auditions were held in, I think, um, you know, in New York, right. I w- I was still you know studying in Texas. So, a lot of times when that happens, my agent will ask me to send out uh, a tape, you know, um, a self tape. Sure. But for uh, this project, there wasn't really another reader because it's just you know the host talking to the camera. So I kind of just usually if I do record it in at my house, I'll have like someone read for me and. I'll do it against like a plain background, but for okay. some reason I decided just to do this like as if you know I was in my room sitting in a chair, and it sort of looked like I was doing a little vlog kind of thing. And I think okay. they sort of liked that because it sort of resembled what they were going for with the show, where it's you know someone talking to kids about all these cool topics, um, what could be complicated in a way that's not um, that's that's still you know palatable and and, um, entertaining and, um, personal and and not in a way that's like talking down to them. Right. So I feel like that atmosphere kind of accomplished that, um, which is what they liked. And, um, yeah. So from there, I, then after that, I flew out to New York for the callback, um, which was fun. And and then from from there, I booked the part.
0: That's really cool. So I know that, uh, one of the, one of the thing that's been getting a lot of like the biggest kind of, I guess. Uh, publicity about it is the fact that like uh, Pharrell, it, you know, it's it's a project that Pharrell is heavily involved in. Is he the executive producer for it? Or uh, yeah, I, okay, that's correct. So, did you get to meet him through this process?
1: I didn't. Uh, oh. I mean, we like no of you know we worked together um, independently, sort of, you know, sure. um, yeah. on the project and and um, but I am just already you know I'm I'm honored that. Because he has a lot a lot to do with the creative decision making and deciding who uh, was cast in the show and everything. And um, a big goal for him was also like, I think, minority representation and, and finding someone who can really communicate this in, a, in an entertaining and relatable way. And I'm glad that he saw that in me. And um, I mean, I'm just I was already a big fan. You know, I love right. music. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. A major um just someone to look up to in not only music but but a lot of other areas in in the industry um right. he's putting out a lot of um and shows now like with um hidden figures and um, yes his, his, right. his company, you know i am other is really uh focused on on doing that and that's that's really cool and I, i'm really like happy to work with Work with someone who has a who has similar goals and similar passions as me.
0: Right, absolutely, and I I think that that kind of takes me a little bit to uh, another question I definitely wanted to ask you. So for you, what does it mean to be a woman of color, specifically an Indian woman, as a host of such a like a prominent show for kids and and really learning for all ages? Like, is that something that uh, obviously you're aware of? You, you know, you just kind of referenced it, but is it something where? Um, you know the how do I phrase this? And I, I'm apol you know apologies if I stumble over myself. But how does it is it something that you're acutely aware of to the point that you know it's a it's a part of you, it's a part of your brand, it's a part of the representation for the show, or is it something that's like yeah that is a really cool fact, but also I'm doing you know I'm the host of this, that's also something I'm doing. I guess um, I, I think you kind of understand like kind of what I'm asking. But what is it? To, just talk us through a little bit about what that means for you. Um, as such a prominent figure here being able to be the host of such a high
1: profile show. Um, I definitely have a, a goal of, uh, including or encouraging more, um, specifically like Indian people to go into the arts sure. and into filmmaking and acting. Um, because I know that there are so many talented people and minorities, of course, um, and it's sort of a cyclical thing where they don't see representation on screen, so then they're they fear going into the industry itself. Sure. And then, you know, it's like a pattern. Um
0: and, and, so and, and to definitely. your and to your point, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. To your point, I'm, I, it makes me aware of like the uh, the moment in Master of None when Aziz Ansari's character goes for an audition and, you know, they want him to to like read it in an accent. And he's like, well, I don't want to read it in an accent. I'm here to do this character. And he like chooses to lose out on a role rather than do the same old thing. So it, it, that kind of like brought that into, into mind when you were talking about, um, you know, people needing to see more diverse representation, uh, to your point. Yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off there.
1: Oh no, that's okay. Yeah, I agree. It's it, and that's what I was going to say about Brainchild Child*. Is that it's not the first thing that you. It is automatically. We're just like not used to seeing, you know, a woman of color having the lead role. Right. Um, in a show, and it's and, that's like surprising and and it's it's very good because it's like so cool for young women of color to see their face on the screen but also it's not, that's not the focus. It's not about some stereotype, like you were saying, and it's not about like me and my culture or anything. Um, it, it's just, you know, that's why I feel like it's so relatable to young women of color, especially in America. Um, because that, I think specifically that is what we don't often see on the screen. Like I, I see a lot of like fetishizing or like of, of, of foreign, you know, people on screen and just like people going to India or there's an Indian character, but she's wearing all the garb and and it's beautiful. I love all the, I love incorporating my tradition into stuff that I do and and just creative, you know, anything, anything creative that I do. But at the same time, it's, it's sort of a caricature, you know, of what of reality. And I feel like brainchild does a good job of just cause there is, I mean, I wanted to include some of my culture in there. Like I wear uh, an Indian, um, a Chutidhar, uh, in, in one of the episodes in the creativity episodes, because I just, just really wanted to include it in there, but it wasn't even, it was just me wearing it sure. as, you know, in the show that wasn't like the attention at all, which I think is, is better, you know? Yeah. Because it's there, more like it's your clothes just, you're like, wearing. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's really, yeah, yeah, no, that's really cool. And I think you are a hundred percent right. We're not used to seeing women in the lead, much less women of color taking such prominent roles and it, and it not being, it be, it's like uh it's like this, this cross section where it's like, it's, it's not a big deal. And it's a big deal in the, in the kind of the same way. It's like, it's not out and out. Like, this is what we're doing We're putting a woman forefront, but at the same time, it's like we're putting a woman forefront because she's the best person for the role and we want to get more diversity and we want more people to see that and we want people to identify. And the more you can see yourself on the screen reflected back at you, the more to your point, as you were saying, that you're going to start that cycle of people wanting to go into the industry or wanting to go into these various fields because they feel like there is already some representation for them and there's there's already an opportunity started. And, and right. it, it makes the cycle a little bit easier kind of a thing. Um, and I know that you had talked about uh, a little bit about how the show helps incorporate steam as opposed to just STEM uh, for the listeners that may not be familiar with kind of like STEM versus steam. Can you kind of break that down just a little bit about how brainchild is helping to include steam as opposed to just STEM in its, in its uh, programming?
1: Yeah. So with, um, with STEM it's um, you know, it stands for I think engineering, math, etc. But with STEAM, the A stands for art. So uh, our focus is to get more people involved in STEAM fields, and we do that by sort of exploring topics that cross over. You know, that are have a crossover between art and and science. It's already. I mean, the show's already doing that by just being a television show that has all these cool interactive games and, and, and graphics, um, uh, that, that show the, you know, science and math of our world. So it's already, the show itself is a crossover of, of science and and art. Um, but also like we have episodes like social media and creativity, dreams, um, that aren't, you know, necessarily, Topics that come directly to mind when we think of, oh, you know, science kind of thing, which I think is cool, and we explore those topics using, you know, like riddles or games and and, and art, and so yeah, I think it's a cool way of of delivering that information because it's very engaging for right. sure, and it also debunks the myth of. Of people who say like oh you know you if, if you're really creative then you're probably bad at math and science you know kind yes of thing. yes yeah.
0: yes yes that's right
1: and so that's not necessarily true because there's so much um science to creativity itself right and there are so many fields like specifically within the film industry that i know of you know like sound engineer or editor or graphic designer that involve both art and science right that would be of interest to so many people who you know feel like oh I'm creative I I don't know if I if I could do this you know but you totally can
0: and that's something that I remember a lot when I was growing up and and uh oh, sounds so old now growing up, but I'm I'm only 31. So it's not it's not it's not that far removed. But but it's something where I remember specifically, you know, being told like, oh, because I, I was a theater major. And so it's like, oh, well, you're a creative person. uh, You're just not a math person. And so that was something that I kept telling myself, like, oh, I'm just not good at math and science. But then like kind of the older I got, the more I'm like, mm, no, like, I mean, I can I, I don't think there's really like there's like there's people who do math and there's people that do this. But it doesn't mean like I'm. A math person, or I'm not a math person, or whatever. It's like, it, it, you know, things come easier at, at certain points, but really a lot of stuff is interwoven because you use, like, you will use math and science uh, in your creative process, or you'll need to use your creative process in order to help influence the decisions and the studies and the experiments and different stuff that you use in math and science. So I really like how, how you, you just reference as well, but you talk about like brainchild is helping to kind of show that, Hey, there's, there's all of these different aspects and they all work together in order to, uh, have a, a whole, not a holistic, but like, a, just a total full income, fully encompassing learning process. And that's something that I think that is lost a lot when, um, I, I know like when I was a kid, you know, I think it's lost because people think you got to, Kind of break learning down into sections, like like a Trivial Pursuit pie, uh, if you will. But uh, like, oh, I'm gonna go get the math piece now. But instead, it's like, no, you're you're. It's like one big stew, like you're just or soup. Like you're just adding ingredients and stirring, and and you know separately they're fine, but together they give you this full learning process. Yeah, it's. I, I absolutely love it and think it's great. And now that we've talked a lot about Brainchild, if you can take us back just a little bit. And for those that are still not convinced, can you uh, give like a real short kind of description on what Brainchild is and even more, if we haven't covered it, what it's kind of designed to accomplish when it was uh, created?
1: Um, so basically, I mean, Brainchild is a, um, a show Designed, I think, for kids and tweens, but also definitely good for families. Just in general, it's I think it's a family-friendly show. Just because I think the topics aren't really it, it, the humor or anything. I don't think is you know cheesy or anything. It's it's entertaining and good for really all ages. Like I had a watch party with my friends, and they were like, "Oh, I didn't know half the really? stuff that was in there." So, yeah. So it explores uh, topics that range from, you know, what we experience in our everyday lives to also like beyond that. So from social media and dreams, like I was saying, you know, stuff that we deal with all the time to, you know, space and oceans and bigger, uh, bigger themes, but also delivering that content in a way that's, you know, doesn't seem super overcomplicated, or anything. Right. Um, so each episode is its unique, uh, topic in science. And, and it's more, it's also like sociology and psychology too. I think, yeah. um, yeah. you know, because social media, I think is more about like why we, why we like stuff or, you know, and, and, it, and the thing I like about that episode too, is that it doesn't say social media is all bad, right. which I think is why like teens like it too. It's because, you know, if you, Usually parents are like, oh, you know, social media is all bad because right. the science says this, but it's also very useful, and which is which I think is why it's relatable in general yeah. uh, to kids and teens who are watching it. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the main goal is just to not only enter, obviously to entertain, but also get kids engaged in, in these complex topics and um, encourage them to explore the science within their their own world through, through these interactive games and um, in a way that they can apply, you know, to the, to their own life basically.
0: Right. I I really liked, uh, yeah, no, what I, uh, you know, I'll be honest when I first pulled it up, I was unsure of what to expect. And, and I watched the trailer and I was intrigued. And then it wasn't until I started watching the very first episode that I liked it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's learning But it's really for all ages, and it does, it teaches you knowledge in an easily digestible way while still entertaining you. And, and it, it doesn't make you feel either dumb for not knowing this stuff or like, um, like you're watching a kid show and maybe you're a little too old for this. Like it doesn't do either of those things. And, and I think that's really hard line to balance, but I think the show does a really good job doing that. And I I played the, uh, so my daughter loves the show and she's somebody that pretty much she's almost four, but she pretty much only watches cartoons and she was just, enraptured with the show from start to finish. And, uh, when I put on the germs episode where you're in the classroom and you're, there's a scene, uh, for those that aren't aware where, where, uh, Sahana has a, she's showing uh, a classroom of kids, four different food options. And like, which would you like to eat? And she gives the, the, the scientific name of, of three different germs and then a slice of pizza and everybody's like, Oh, pizza. And then you go and explain that each of those germs is on the pizza because it's found in cheese or meat or bread. And my daughter was like, I don't think I can eat pizza ever again. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I was like, we love I've pizza. I've never had pizza since
1: that episode. Oh no. Since we filmed that. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's also, cause like we also explained that germs aren't all bad. Right. And that those germs that are in the pizza are, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that they're there kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, it's like talking about science of what's in your pizza. It's like do you people it's something that you might think, "Oh yeah, I probably think about that," but really nobody really does. You know, right. it's something that doesn't really you know, a teacher might not s- start talking about that one day in class kind of thing. But um but yeah. So.
0: But yeah, and I think you, you guys raised a really good point about that episode about the, the probiotics and how the probiotics are the good germs and they help fight the bad germs. And that's, that's something that even, you know, that I just feel like I recently learned over the last couple of years about like, if the doctor, for instance, prescribes you an antibiotic, you need to be taking a probiotic too, to kind of help balance out the, you know, make sure you're not losing the good germs as you're trying to get rid of the bad germs from a illness or, or, or whatnot. And that, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was crazy um right, i want right. I wanted to know, oh but since we're speaking about that episode when you're doing those episodes uh like that germs episode where you're interacting with the students or the kids how how is the typical how was the typical shooting day structured like that for you? so I know that you took off a full semester to go to New York and film this, so take us through just kind of like what the typical shooting day look like for that show, and specifically in those scenes where you're interacting with not just you on set but other people that they've brought in. What, how, how was that, I guess, just how was that and talk us through a little bit about your personal experience with
1: that. So typical shooting day, we kind of filmed all over, um, like the area where I I, I was staying sort of in the, in the wall street area. Um, and we were sort of filming in air, like Brooklyn and Queens, just like all over kind of thing. Um, and, um, I would show up to set and uh, we would do hair and makeup breakfast um, and maybe like that would take like an hour, hour and a half or so. And I would receive the, whatever, like a breakdown of the script or whatever segment we were doing that day, um, the night before, a couple nights before. Um, And honestly, I preferred it that way. That way I wasn't like overthinking it, you know, if they, if they gave it like weeks before. Um, And then the director, And showrunner, we would run through what the concepts we were going over that day so that I would fully understand it. Um, We would do a couple takes and, um, you know, just move on from there. A typical shoot day would be maximum, I think, was like 12 hours. Um, I I mean, there were some very rarely, there were some days that were pretty short, like maybe four Mm -hmm. hours or so towards the end of uh, filming, you know, getting pickups and stuff. Uh, but it really, I mean, even though it was that long, it didn't feel that long at all. Sure. Um, uh, we were just constantly moving, you know, from either various parts of the set or just doing different segments. And, and I was having a fun time, you know, just like you said, interacting with, with people's, we, sometimes we'd, um, even though we brought kids in, like they, I, I don't think they, they wouldn't know like what we were going to do. and like they they, it, they were, it was their real reactions you know yeah it looks like social, it yeah. yeah in the social experiments um uh, which was really fun to see um i wasn't present for all of them but um i i did get to the ones where i was really interacting with them those were yeah those were real like it was fun to just go to a mall or someplace and just talk to people you know and be like do you want to do this cool science show and they're like uh yeah sure of right <laughs> and uh why not um right. there were some people who were like i don't know about that is. and it's like okay that's fine <laughs> but <laughs> it was um and uh yeah so and then i'd go home and take a little rest and go out to some open mics or something do stand up or or just chill. But yeah, that's what a typical day looked like for me when I was out there.
0: That's awesome. How much of the, the actual science that you guys cover on the show? How much of that did you know ahead of time? And how much of that did you learn right there, like on set, or when you got your script, and, and you're speaking with the showrunner? And the? I assume there was like a science, uh, uh, I don't expert or, or point of contact person that was there that, uh, you know, uh looked over everything and made sure everything was was exactly accurate so i guess how much of that did you learn and how much of that did you kind of know going in
1: yeah so they had a team like when they were writing the script they had a team of people who um experts like you said who made sure everything was accurate um and i i mean of course i knew some stuff and there were just some like games or you know like specifically in the creativity episode there was like this uh puzzle or something that i'd never seen and i didn't know how to solve um but figured it out that day oh, nice. um so there were some times where i didn't necessarily know until sort of the day of um and that doesn't go to say like oh i don't really know a lot about science right. Just <laughs> no. like there, there are some things that like people just gloss over they're like oh i didn't even know that you know kind yeah. of thing and it, it's not really discussed that much in school so i, I didn't really learn you know, some of the stuff growing up in school and it was cool to like find these riddles and games um, or discover um, their importance and relevance to science and everything on, on set and, and learn, you know?
0: So that was cool. That is super cool. When, when you were a kid and you were uh, growing up, what sort of shows did you end up uh, watching? Like, did you watch Bill Nye or Beekman's world, magic school bus, any or all the above?
1: (laughs) I think um yeah, I think Bill Nye and Magic School Bus I watched a lot at school specifically. Sure. Um I liked watching just as a young, like very young child, I, I liked watching um Cyber I think it's Cyber Chase or Cyberspace. I think Cyber Chase oh, wow. is like a cartoon show and sort of based in like the internet, I think. Oh, but I think, I, think like, I know what
0: you're talking um, about.
1: Yeah, and it's uh they I think that it's very um, they explore a lot of like ma- ma- math subjects. Sure. I, I don't remember if it was science, but I think it was mainly math. Um, I liked that and Dragon Tales. Um, I liked a lot of the PBS sure cartoon uh, and shows. Um, but yeah, those were some of the sciencey. Kind of, <laughs> I wouldn't say Dragon Tales is science. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> Fair. But, uh, <laughs> my uh, uh, wish, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, my wife and I always got into this uh, discussion because she was a big Bill Nye watcher, and I watched a little bit of it, but I was mainly a big Beekman's World, and uh, that was just uh, like that was on I think NBC or something, and it was just. You know, it was similar to it remind when I was started watching Brainchild it reminded me a lot of Beekman's world in that there was a like a actor who was a host who would cover these scientific topics and it was in like a fun, easily digestible way. Um mm-hmm. but uh but but uh, uh, the only difference between your show and Beekman's World uh, is uh, you didn't have a giant uh, rat on the show. So, uh, you know, there's that. But <laughs> you're going to have to check that. Used,
1: I, I don't think I ever watched that show. It used to be on, on Netflix, Netflix, Netflix,
0: but I don't think it's on there anymore. So. Oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah, definitely I check remember, that
1: out. Sorry, go ahead. No,
0: you're good. I'm done.
1: Um, I also remember watching like a lot of shows on Food Network specifically. There's this one show without – Alton Brown I think okay he would explore like science behind making oh yeah
0: I know what you're talking about oh what is that name oh it's gonna drive me nuts
1: yeah
0: but I remember yeah it was hosted by him Uh,
1: yeah yeah I think that's
0: it yes yes
1: um yeah my family really liked that show and when I was filming and I would sort of um I would Tell them like what I'm doing, or like when they saw the show, they'd, they'd be like, "Oh, you remind me a lot of Alton Brown." I was like, "Oh, okay, sure, um, I guess." <laughs> but yeah, you. sort of similar, of, like, similar way of delivering the content in an entertaining or comedic way, right? You know, um, yeah, little skits in between, right? Um, too. And then, yeah. uh,
0: and then maybe one day you can run your own Cutthroat Kitchen. You know, just uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um what is the what was the coolest thing that you've learned so far through brainchild
1: um okay there was one fact that was like it's cleaner to eat on your toilet seat than it is on your ipad or cell phone i mean i kind of figured oh yeah it was like the
0: cutting board but- or your ipad or a toilet seat
1: yeah, it, it does make sense now because, like, you I guess you rarely, you like you, the outside world rarely contacts the toilet seat right. usually. Um But at least in your own home, right. And also, there's another there's another fact. They said that like you know especially a public toilet seat it's actually even cleaner just because it's cleaned so much more often sure. than it than it is at your house. So that was kind of. An interesting fact and and also there's another one i think in the creativity episode that said like if you move your eyes um left to right really quickly you can be more creative or just like get the creative juices flowing kind of thing it's like trying to connect both hemispheres it's like a trick or something
0: nice i'm doing it right so that now was kind of cool no, um no one can but see yeah me, and but... also
1: think the learning about the layers of the ocean in the oceans episode was cool too and I, I like the way that we um demonstrated that too by like pretending to go in the ocean and yeah. I think it was like visually uh really fun
0: it was very magic school Busy. I was highly entertained right
1: right <laughs> yeah puppet and
0: everything. yeah um that's so awesome. So I want to pivot just a little bit to your comedy career. How long have you been performing stand-up and kind of what drew you to perform stand-up in the first place?
1: I actually haven't been doing stand-up for super – I started maybe like last summer or okay, so. Okay, so pretty new. Um, sorry?
0: Oh, I was just saying so so pretty new, pretty recent.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I the first time I ever performed stand-up was when I was 15 um, but it was for like a showcase for my acting studio. Okay. Um, we like did a unit on stand up, and then we had a final showcase at the end for which she picked people that she thought would be good for the showcase. And then I did that, which was cool, but it's definitely not the same thing as, you know, going to open mics and, and it's, it, it's just in that audience is like your friends and family and people who already love you and support you. They're and it's you, yeah. not the case when you start doing open mics and. And usually it's like you'll you know do you'll bomb a lot and but that's good because you're growing and i learned a lot just from just from the short amount of time that i have been doing stand-up like i've learned so much and just gotten so much more confident and it's it's helped too with with brainchild um just because that's like a one-man show you know yeah sorry one woman right right (laughs) uh, um, yeah and um it's really help sort of get in that zone of being able to talk to, to anyone and, and be like relatable and accessible at same, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah.
0: Very cool. Are there, were there any specific favorite comedians you have or, uh, any type of styles that you try to emulate?
1: Um, I, I really like John Mullaney. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> yes.
1: he, um Sarah Silverman, very nice. uh, Maria Bamford.
0: Oh, I don't know
1: her. Maria Bamford does a lot of like absurd or like very goofy, quirky stuff, and she does a lot of like act outs that are really funny, just like characters that she goes into. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. I guess my style is like. I, I I don't. I haven't completely found like exactly what my voice that takes like years but what i think um i'm good at like that what gets the most laughs is like just being goofy and weird and sarcastic um satire i guess a satirical take on my personal experiences and my culture oh sure, sure 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 and background and also doing sort of like some alternative bits that like like funny characters or just anything. I think like Steve Martin was really good at that. Yeah. Um, at doing that he really like made fun of comedy in a sense and right, made fun right. of performance. Um, so I think um, I really like that. Mm-hmm.
0: His, yeah. He, he always cracks me up. It's like, uh, it's like, I'm not being funny. I'm just going to do this funny thing. Or like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's great. Um, well, cool. As we're starting to wrap up, I did want to provide you with, uh, some feedback I got. So I announced, uh, a little uh, privately to a group that I run. Uh, if anybody's looking for a parenting community or support group for advice or just a safe space to have a healthy discussion, you can look on Facebook for detox D T A L K S and, uh, you will come straight to the group. So we've got a good community there. But when I announced that I was going to be speaking to you cause there was good, uh, positive reactions to brainchild in, in general, in the group, I got mm-hmm. some positive feedback that, uh, uh, let me find his name here. Uh, do, 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 do. I thought I had it, and I had a different note. Here it is. Okay. So Dave McDonald, he said uh, – so he wanted to provide feedback that his kids at age four are asking him questions about bacteria and protozoa because of the show. It is wonderful, and he thinks you specifically and the show as a whole are doing a great job, and he's super hopeful that there are many, many more seasons on the horizon. So <clears> Okay. <throat> Wanted to make that's a point. Crazy, yeah, he wanted to make I'm a really point. I'm
1: really glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like our our goal. You know, is to is to get kids to get more interested in in that in that kind of stuff and and ask more questions. So that that's uh, that's awesome. And I also hope that <laughs> excuse me. I also hope that there are more seasons because you know there's so much to explore, river-ending right. topics in science. You know, to right. to explore. So I think. That would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that it, that statement was echoed by multiple other people. But he was somebody that definitely wanted me to pass it on, so I wanted to do that. Okay, so we are pivoting to the part of the episode where uh, it's dad jokes. So I, every time that I have a guest on, I pepper them with some dad jokes in an attempt to get a few pity laughs for myself. But before I present the dad jokes, I always like to ask the guests if they have any dad jokes that they would like to provide so do you have any sahana any uh dad jokes that you want to throw out there my dad's
1: a joke um is that a, is that a dad joke
0: do <laughs> you say your dad's <laughs> your dad's a joke yeah
1: i don't you said dad joke, so that combines dad and joke
0: together uh there's mine <laughs> <laughs> oh that one's good it's good uh, uh, i love a good dad joke even if it's a bad joke because it's all dad jokes. Okay, uh, I've got three. Uh, so, uh, Sahana, how much room is needed for fungi to grow?
1: Um, much, much room.
0: Yes, as much room as possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: Yeah, these are so bad. These are so bad. Okay. Uh, how does NASA organize a party?
1: They send invites in the on Facebook. No, they plan it.
0: They plan oh, okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. Last one. <clears throat> uh, what do you call 2,000 mockingbirds?
1: Um, um, a tease. No. Uh, they're mocking me. Stop, quit.
0: No. Too many birds. Two kilo mockingbirds. Two kilo mockingbirds.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, oh okay. Two kilo mockingbirds. Yes,
0: yes, yes. But that's all the dad jokes I have. I always throw out different ones. And, uh, you know, I always get one that gets a chuckle, but I get the most chuckle out of all. So uh, they're really just for me. But, okay, so Sahana, if people want to follow you and what you're up to, what is the easiest way for them to do that?
1: I guess you can follow me on Instagram um, at sahana.j.sarnivasan.
0: Okay. And we will, of course, put links in the show notes as well. So you can go ahead and just click and then you'll be following her right off the bat. Do you have any upcoming projects or events that we need to be on the lookout for?
1: Um, I, I mean, I'm doing some shows and things in, in Austin. I just released a, uh, a music video that I created. Uh, it was for my music video class, but I'm, I'm really proud of it. It's a, it's a Bollywood hip hop video featuring my sister she's a hip-hop dancer um it's like a fusion of an old bollywood movie uh with modern hip-hop dancing and i think the link is in my instagram oh perfect um bio Mm
0: -hmm. awesome all right and uh, we need a hashtag for this episode should we just use hashtag brainchild sure all right that works so Everybody, Sahana, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today. Uh, Listeners, if you want to uh, follow her, as you said, we've got the Instagram in the show notes. But in addition, please, please, please turn on Brainchild on Netflix. You will thank us. It is a great show and your kids and yourself will be highly entertained. So until next time, everybody, hashtag Brainchild and hashtag Be a Better Dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers Ben Lawan and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For
1: more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L Now.com.